You are powerful. You are the great and mighty God. And today we pray that you will be exalted continuously in this place. How wonderful, how awesome is the King of glory. And we thank you. Now, Lord, anoint the speaker, Lord. Bless as the word of God goes forth. Give the words for the people and may the people have ears to hear. We give your name all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. My old, 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 old friend, Kevin Douglas and his wife, Melissa, are sitting in the back. <laughs> when I got married back in 1987, my dad had said one line that Kevin, to this day, has not forgotten. And in fact, when I went back there to see him, that's what he said. Now, to Kevin, what did, what's that line? <laughs> that is what my dad said at my wedding. Before he pronounces men and wife, he said, I know they love each other. I am convinced they love each other. My phone bill tells me they love each other. <laughs> to this day, 28 years later, I have not forgotten, nor has Kevin. <laughs> he reminds me quite frequently. <laughs> As you know, we have been doing a series on the Sermon on the Mount. We're going to jump right into the subject and the word. Some of the songs that I selected today, there was no slow song. I was thinking there no slow song today at all that we sang during the praise team portion of it. But I picked the song because part of the, the message is dealing with prayer today. And so I wanted to um, have that, that song, As the Spirit of the Lord Moves Upon My Heart, I Will Pray. And so I picked that song because of the message today that we are going to be speaking on. From Matthew chapter 5 to 7 is Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And as we been, have been going through this very slowly, I didn't want to rush, rush last week, so I only took the first few, few verses of chapter 6. Today I'm going to focus on verses 5 through 11. And then week after, I will come back and deal with the next portion of that. In chapter 6, there are three areas or three areas where Jesus discusses that his people, the Christian, is not to be like the hypocrite. One was dealing with the matter of almsgiving, which is one's considered to be mercy given, how one gives to those that are in need. Don't be like the hypocrites. The second that he addressed was the matter of prayer, and the third was fasting. In Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, he is talking about holy living. If we can turn the fan down, just she just did. I can see it going down right now. The matter of holy living is kind of a theme when we look at the sermon. The matter of contrasting, what does God require regarding life and living? as compared to those that are not his or hypocrites. As I told you last week, the word hypocrite means to act. It is taken from a person or the theme of a person acting a part on a stage. 
That's what the word hypocrite means. You just being a hypocrite. You hear that sometimes said. It means that a person is basically acting a part. I want you to know that you are not to act a certain part in this life to make somebody else look at you and think you are something that you are not. God made you who you are. Some people want to be just like somebody else. If God wanted to make you something like somebody else, he would have made you that person. He made you, you. As my dad used to say, he then threw away the mold. Only one of you. Don't want no more of you. One person, one you. He said he, he, he can put you in a Super Bowl crowd of 100,000. Find a bloodhound and he will pick you out. He will find you. Some of y'all have been trying to hide from God. I know. Don't, don't get quiet on me. I know. I know. But the Lord has a calling on your life. In your Bible, turn with me to chapter 6, verses 5 through 11. I won't be before you long. We should be out before next Friday. Friday by 12 noon. So if you don't have anything better to do, I brought lunches for all of you, so you don't need to go anywhere. (laughs) Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 5, I'll be reading from the NIV. Samantha, it's good again seeing you. This is number 3. I'm not counting, though. This is 3. It's good to see you. (laughs) All right. Chapter 6, beginning at verse 5. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth. They have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room. Close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. If you want to find, find the words, you can look right up on the board as well. We'll read just a little differently. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Verse 7. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans. For they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Verse 9, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Before I continue, let me say, Sister Sister Fanny would like to get every woman's address and phone number, so she has not seen you. God bless. Sister Florence was not feeling well, and here you are. You just couldn't, you couldn't stay away, could you? Just, just couldn't stay away. That's okay. Bless you. Well, we we got you on the prayer list, and it's good to see you, Sister Florence. So if you can pass that on. That would be great. And I want to give, remind me to give announcements after church, after the sermon, rather. The Sermon on the Mount. And if you're writing a t- another title under this, as I mentioned last week, 
What, watch what you do in order to be seen. Watch what you do in order to be seen. This is part two. Uh, prayer is not an option for the believer. Prayer is not an option. There are many views and beliefs about prayer, but prayer is for those who have a personal relationship with God. God is not obligated to answer the prayer of those who are sinners, nor of those who by their choice decide to live in sin. You are fooling yourself if you think that God is required to answer the prayer of the unsaved if they have not confessed their sins and put their trust in him. God hears the prayer of repentance, but he is not obligated to hear any other prayer until you become his child. I told you this just recently. There can be 50,000 kids on a playground and let your kids start to cry. You can, what, 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 what's up? You hear your kid's voice. 50,000 kids out there running around. All I hear is noise. But let your child cry. Let your child, something happens to your child, you will know and you will be able to detect what it is, even by their cry. If it's a hungry cry, I told you, a little baby, if they're mad, agitated, you've learned to understand, well, God is just like that. When his children cry or call out to him, he, he, he pays attention. That, that's my child calling me. Let me see what's going on with him. Sinners, they think sometimes they're hearing God. But let me tell you this. Satan has the ability to fool you. He comes as an angel of light. But he is a deceiver. You see, God is always doing things to draw people to himself. It is only in God's mercy and grace that we are not pulled out of this world or taken out of here before we come to know him. The reason why God is so patient with people is that he's not willing that any would be lost. And so while we're running around acting a fool sometimes, God is being merciful. Thank God he had mercy on me when I was out there acting a nut, acting a fool. God had mercy on me. Y'all been the same way. Y'all didn't come here saved. Don't look at me funny. Y'all came here backwards. Y'all came here demanding your own way. You came here screaming, telling your parents to feed me. Telling your parents, change my diaper. Telling your parents, I don't want to do that. Just by your scream. Tell you, don't put your hand in that socket. And there you go when your parents turn around trying to put your hand in that socket. Let me say this. When God gives his law and his word, it is to protect us. God is not some God who don't want you to have fun. The type of fun we want, it will kill us. And here we are thinking we're having a good time. Oh, I had such a good time, I can't even get up today. (laughs) 
Oh, my head hurts so bad. I just fell in love with the toilet bowl the other night. Lord have mercy. You and the toilet bowl, they're conversing. You spitting up and he's flushing down. Saying, what a good time. He said, yeah, come on back next week. I'll be right here. If you expect God to honor you, you better make sure you are honoring him. Now, in verse 5, the Bible says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. Do not, don't be like people on a stage. Why in the world would a hypocrite want to honor the world and then want a blessing from God? You can't get a blessing from God and, and, and try to please the world. You see, the hypocrites, what they were doing when the Lord gave this word, these individuals were standing in certain places in order to be seen by people. And so what they would do, they would make themselves um, conspicuous. They would put themselves right in a place where people would pay them attention. Right at the busiest time of day, they go have prayer. So that they could be seen. Some of y'all like fast cars. I ain't calling no names. Rondell. Brother Small, Kenny, Taurus, Pastor. Oh, with your word, don't, don't put me in that. <laughs> Brother Kevin. <laughs> look, 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 look what I got in the hood. Go <laughs> look here. <laughs> There's power under the hood. You see, when you think about prayer, Prayer makes you run. It gives you what you need to be able to get through the difficulties of life. Prayer is not for you to be seen, but prayer is for you to spend time getting it right with God. And so people today want to go jump out in a car and got no gas. How would you look? Jumping in your car ain't got no engine. Saying you going to San Francisco and here you are in Santa Rosa. Not only ain't got no engine, ain't got no doors on the car, but you going to San Francisco. That sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? Well, well, that's just like us leaving the house without praying. It's like going through this world without praying, without spending time with God, saying, I'm going to get there anyway. God created prayer for you to be able to navigate this life and to be able to spend time with him. So when you call God, he can say, yes, what do you, what do you want? What does my child need? So we get in the car with the engine, yet running on fumes. I'm going to try to get 30 miles. I think I can get the next 30 miles. There's a gas station right around the corner. Go there. No, I want to try to make it. And then you are on the side of the road with no gas can, 
standing outside looking to see who's going to stop to help you when you could have filled up before getting on the road. God expects his people to pray. Prayer is for God's people. And what the hypocrites were doing, they were standing on the streets so that people could look at them. Oh, look at them. Look how holy they are. Oh, they must be so close to God. I want to have that person pray for me. God says to his disciples and the people, don't be like them. Now, there's nothing wrong with praying in public. That's not what the Lord is talking about. What he's talking about is that when you're praying to be seen or you're praying with the wrong motive and intentions. Don't be like the hypocrite, a person acting a part on the stage. Your model, your model of prayer Christ is going to lay out. Verse number 6. He, he says in this verse, but when you pray, but when you pray. See, there, there's something that you, I don't want you to pass too quickly. But when you pray, even go back to verse 5, and when you Pray. You see, there's an expectation that you're going to be praying. He starts by saying, and when you pray, and then, but when you pray, it's automatic for the Christian. It's automatic for the believer. Oh, it's time to pray. We might as well go and spend some time with God. <sighs> and there go people complaining because prayer went three minutes. When are they going to get down with this prayer? Lord, send me a big blessing. A long blessing. Because you know I've been spending a lot of time with you, Lord. You see, we want God's fullness and his full blessings, but we want to give him just a little bit. We want big blessings. But we don't want to spend big time with God. But when you pray, the expectation is that you're going to pray. Two things regarding just this part here. But when you pray, I want you to note the place of prayer and the attitude of prayer. But when you pray, Go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. There is nothing wrong, as I said, with praying in public. But this is exactly what the hypocrites are doing. And they are saying, Lord, would you just bless me? Their prayers went no further than about 15 feet above their head. It wasn't heard by God. They came at the busiest time. And so they got what they wanted, and that was the praise and attention of the people. 
But the praise they should have been seeking was the praise of God. You see, we, we can be very, very funny sometimes. We, we, we want to please people, but we don't care how God feels and responds. We, we want people to like us, and so we'll bend over backwards for people. But we're not concerned about what God thinks. We will do the very thing that we don't want to do to make somebody happy. And then they might go, mm, that's okay. But then we don't want to spend time with God. The Bible says when you pray, go into your closet. You should have a special place where you go to pray. Go to the bathroom. Ain't nobody going to be following you in there. In fact, if you stand there a long time, there's going to be a while before somebody want to go in there after you. If you know what I mean. Going in the bathroom. Best time and place to pray. If you can't find any place else, you will get privacy. If you got another room in your house, go there and pray. And the Bible says that's the place. Then the attitude, close the door. Now, I want you to understand, closing the door is closing you in and closing other stuff out. Thank you, Lord, for all you're doing. He texted me. Oh, Holly. Oh, one oh, second. Yeah. I'm praying. <laughs> no way. <laughs> oh, oh, really? Yeah, I got time. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, 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 you know what? I got to go. It's almost time for me to go to work. Lord, I'll see you tonight. Got to go. <laughs> Close the door. Close other stuff out. We have to have an attitude that when we are with God. Now, I'm, I'm preaching to myself. Don't, 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 I'm preaching to myself too. Yeah, it's not just for you. I'm preaching to myself. Close other stuff out. Bring your mind back from wherever it is. Do you not know that when you're trying to pray, everything starts coming up, the phone rings. You find yourself all hungry. You find yourself, well, I just woke up. What I'm doing sleepy again. You all kind of thoughts going through your mind when it's time to pray. Think about what you had for dinner last night, what you're going to be eating tonight. Close stuff out. This is for you to be with the Lord. An attitude of prayer. Let me also say this as I pass through here. You're not going in and closing the door in order to jump back into the same stuff you just came out of. Oh, God, forgive me of my sin. You know me. I need your help. Go in and confess. Clean it up and God forgives you. Lord, I, this is going to be a hard day today. And you go right back into the same thing. You need God's grace. Because when you come out of that secret place, Satan's going to be waiting for you. Here you come out all prayed up. But yet, have you really been covered? 
Have you really, you said the word, but have you really said, God, now help me to forsake that sin. I have trouble here, Lord, that help me to forsake that sin. I know the enemy is going to be waiting for me, but help me to forsake that sin. I know the temptation is going to be there, but help me to go. I'm going to drive three miles around that area because I know, Lord, that's a problem for me. Or I can make, I'm driving right through. (laughs) Temptation Alley. Whatever the temptation is for you. I'm going to go by, and then you 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 just slow on way down. Cruise. Roll the window down. Don't stop and, and, and be a partner with the area you got a problem with. Hit the gas and go on through there. Don't babble. Verse 7. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. This, this idea, your Bible may say another word but from Babel, but, but, it, it, but it means the same. When you think about what they were doing, they were just muttering, muttering, and saying things over and over. It wasn't even really praying to the Lord. They were just saying words so people could hear them. And what the idea and the thought was is that they felt that if I say enough words, God will hear me. God's best help has come with the words that have said, God, I don't know what to do. Help me. That's sometimes the best prayer that you can pray. Can't always get on your oh, Heavenly Father. You know that I've been going through this situation a long mm, time. No. Lord, I need your help right now. What is it? Prayer is just talking to God. You don't talk. My child don't talk to me. Hey, Daddy, what you doing today? You, 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 you know, Dad, Dad, Daddy. That's no, no, no. He's, he's just having a conversation. Dad, I'm struggling right now. You know, I need to sit down and talk with you. That's what talking to God is. Lord, I need help. Yesterday, I just didn't know what to do. I told that person, said some things I shouldn't have said to him. I was wrong. How do I go back and get it right with him? I need to do that. Conversation with the Lord. It's okay also to be praying with your eyes open. This matter that we have to always get in a certain position, or, but, but, but you have to remember, it's, it is a frame of mind one needs to be in, but remember, it's not to be seen by people. And these religious leaders were out just thinking, if I say enough words like Jesus, 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 God, 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 he's going to hear me because I said it like 50 times. And so we come up with these formulas because we think God is going to hear us. And this is what the hypocrites were doing. No, no, no. God listens to a broken spirit and a contrite heart. That's what the Lord is looking for. Not the repetition. There's nothing wrong with praying for prayers over and over again. God, I'm still dealing with this. But it was a matter of repeating words so that, so that one is thinking that all the congregations say this. Now, there are times that we may say things together, but the idea that God's going to hear me especially now because I said these four words. 
be careful that when you pray, that you don't babble like the hypocrites, but that you have, that you make sure that your words are heard by God. Prayer was not to be an exercise in futility. It was not to be something that was done just to have the box checked off. Lord, I spent time with you today. Check. Now to off to more important things. How can you go do more important things than spending time with the Almighty God? You shouldn't be wanting, you shouldn't want to leave the house until you know that you've got something going. Lord, have I heard you right? And, Lord, I don't have time to get into your word today. Just give me a word. Jesus wept. Amen. That's my word for today. I don't have time to read. That's the verse I can remember. Jesus wept. Okay? Ain't just about saying the word. It's about getting into the word. Now, if that's where the Lord takes you, fine. But you hear from God because you're in his word. I get I get real leery of people who getting all these words from the Lord and ain't in their Bible. I get really leery of people getting words from the Lord and you never see them. I, I get leery from people who tell me, Pastor, I got a word from you. And I know they don't know the Lord. At least I don't think they do. They might. I'm listening, but I'm listening very cautiously. Sometimes on the other end of that phone, I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I hear you. I hear you. Yep. Okay. You agree, Pastor? Let me pray on that for a minute with you. (laughs) Don't just swallow everything. Use discernment. We want God to accept any attitude when we come to him in prayer. And then we want to complain when he doesn't accept our just any type of attitude. Don't babble. Don't just come to God. God wants an attitude that comes to him and recognizes that he's the almighty. Verse number 8, as we get through this here. It says, Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. The admonishment again is that we are not to be like the hypocrites or the pagans who don't know God. God knows what you need before you ask him. This does not mean that you don't need to ask God. We need to ask God for what we need. We need to let God know that, Lord, I, I, I need you. I need your help right now. And there are some times when we may even need to spend extra time with the Lord because of a pressing situation. When the Lord came to this part of this prayer, this is not a children's prayer. It is not even the Lord's so-called prayer. Very quiet. This is not the Lord's prayer. I want, I, want you to, I, want, I want you to listen carefully. Jesus is teaching them a model of prayer, and he's teaching the disciples and the people upon the Sermon on the Mount. This is the disciples' prayer. Jesus' prayer is found in John 17. What is Jesus' prayer? Prayer for Jesus is when he prayed. He says to them, now look at this. This is in how you should pray. He didn't say this is how I'm going to pray. 
Here is a model that you are to include or to have. And so what we do, we teach the children, which is nothing wrong. And when people get scared, I'm going to say the Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven, because we think we're going through something. That actually is what the hypocrites are doing. They would recite something, but there was no heart in it. This prayer that Jesus lays out is a model prayer. Our Father. I'm going to be done in about seven minutes. Our Father denotes relationship. This is not one that's talking to sinners. Our Father. It denotes that one has a personal connection to Jesus, to God, our Father. And know carefully that he's teaching them this. I want to point something out that I want you to note in just a moment. Who art in heaven. When we come to God, we need to have a proper understanding of where God is and who he is. Now, I want you to note carefully that Jesus does not start from the perspective of telling them, now, when you pray, put all of your wants and desires up front. He doesn't start there. He says, when you pray, start with the vertical. God. He did that even with the Ten Commandments. If you look at the Ten Commandments, four of the Ten Commandments is our relationship to God. The other six deal with man's relationship to man or people to people. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. When you look at the Ten Commandments, he starts with himself and then he moves. Same here in this prayer here. Our Father, which art in heaven. When you come to God, you need to know where you are. You are not there. He's there, and you need to make sure that your understanding and perspective is right when you come to him. Then he says, hallowed be your name. The word hallow means holy. God's name is to be revered. That's how the prayer starts. It starts with recognizing God, recognizing where he is, and recognizing his holiness. You know what often happens? We start our prayers by asking God for everything we want. It would be a problem. If your child always came to you and they ran to you first before even saying hi, and they always ask you for money, candy, food, always just, before they said anything, you probably say, ho, 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 can't you speak first? Can't you say hello? Can't you say hi? Hi, How's your day? How was school? How? You, you want there to be something besides just gimme, 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 gimme. You see, one of the things that was really interesting, that when I wanted something from my parents, I'd be real good for that period of time. I wanted something, I, 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 wanted, to, I wanted to cultivate that relationship. Wanted to make it okay. When we think about God, if you are in right connection to God, God hears you. People that are not in right connection with God, oftentimes what they do, they come to God with promises. Lord, if you do this for me, I promise I will. Uh-uh, uh-uh. It, it shows that there's been distance oftentimes in the relationship. 
So when you come to God, says, Lord, you know, I've been praying. I've been dealing with this. I, I don't seem to have a clear answer. I need some help right now. Ask me, God, if you help me get me out of this mess this time, I promise to never go back there again. No, it's, it's I, Lord, thank you. I've been working with you. I've been, I've been calling on you. Holy is my God. God is a holy God. When we think about holiness, God should come to mind. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. And I want you to note this. On earth as it is in heaven. There are two places of earth. This earth and where we live, and then the earth of your life where God's will is to be done. Now note carefully as I can prepare to close. When we ask that God's will be done, we need to note that he has a will. We need to note that it's his will and not your will that's to be done. Let me also go back for a minute to the first one, that God is your kingdom that we want to come. God, in order to have a kingdom, you've got to be a king. You're not the king. If you are on your own throne, you need to get off the throne of, the throne of your life, I should say. <laughs> get off your throne. That's the place for God. So God's word, his will needs to be done in your life. He's the king. He has the kingdom. We want his will to be done in this earth as well as in our life. Two earths. The physical earth, but in your life spiritually. Lord, let your will. You see, God's will is being done in heaven right now. And just like his will is being done there in heaven, the prayer is, let it also be done on the earth and in our lives. If God can just get through his people, that he wants to give them the very best. We don't have to fight God. We don't have to fight God. He wants to give us the very best. So even when God says, no, you can't have that, it is for your own good. Sometimes I know that we have a problem with the word yes or no from God. We don't like hearing that word, but God sometimes says no. He says no, but he says, lo- he says yes. But in order to hear from God, you've got to have a personal relationship with him. If you're going to please God, you must live differently than any hypocrite or any person that does not know him. The only way to be sure that God will hear you is to first say yes to the Lord Jesus Christ. I accept you as Savior and I'm going to live for you. You have a guarantee that God is going to give you the comforter. In fact, when you get saved, the Holy Spirit comes to indwell you right then. And he empowers you to live this life. When people tell me, Pastor, I'm coming one day. I got to get some things right first. Five years later, Pastor, I'm coming one day. I'm still working on getting some things right. You can never get things right on your own. The Lord says, come as you are. He's the one that cleans you up. There you are trying to clean your... I'm, I'm looking at something and saying, what happened? I thought you were getting better. I've been trying, but it's been hard. 
It's been hard, Pastor. It's been hard. Yeah. Yeah, I told you five years ago to come to the Lord. And you decided to take it upon yourself. No, I'm going to do it myself. God have us. Help us today. So what we do, we run into problems. Because we say, Lord, give me my own sack and I'll carry it myself. Put my own burdens in my pack and carry it. I don't want you to carry it. Until I can't carry it no more. And then we try to give it to God and then we leave the altar and we pull it back away. Now let me just say this in conclusion. We used to have an altar here and then one right over here. Two altars. Now as I was a kid growing up, we used to think, that when I go to the altar, that's where God's going to meet me. And he often did. He would meet people. because It was, it was a place where one would, call, would come. There was even some churches called the mourner's bench. They had a, a place where the mourner's bench. They had a place of prayer. And you sometimes see the, in the old school back, the, the elderly and the, and the, and the sa- seniors and the saints and the deacons sit in certain places in the church. And they get down and kneel. But when you think about the altar, it was a place where you would come to unload and give your burdens to God. Now, this is what some people would do, spiritually speaking. Lay the burden there. Thank you, Lord. And then pick it back up and throw it over the back and go back and sit down with it. When you unload something, you leave it there. You don't pick it back up because guess what? Satan is stuffing your bag with extra stuff that you hadn't planned on being in there. And when you give something to the Lord, he lifts that burden from you. Some of you don't even know that you're burdened. You've been carrying stuff such a long time, don't even know you're burdened. Then you come to the Lord, you say, oh, I feel so light. I didn't even know I was burdened. Because you didn't even know how to feel. You was weighed down so much. God lifts your burden. And that's what he wants to do. Stand to your feet. Prayer is for the believers. God hears the prayer of confession and repentance. If you don't know God and you say, I'm always praying but don't seem to be getting answers from God or I'm, I'm wanting God to answer, look at your life. And then if you know God and it seems that the answer is, is not coming, remember Daniel. He prayed and the answer was held up for three weeks. Because we are in a spiritual warfare. We're in spiritual warfare down here. So when you go to pray, you know, God, the enemy gets busy. But the Bible says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. When we lay our burden before the Lord, we need to leave him there. Not to be like the hypocrites. I'm going to pick up in two weeks with this same part here dealing with the matter of forgiveness that's the next area we're going to be dealing with in this matter of prayer it's still dealing with the sermon on the mount and as he's teaching his disciples to pray in this place today God we pray that if there's anybody who does not know you as savior that you will save them right now that they will call God what must I do to be saved It takes hearing the word of God to be saved. It takes confessing one's sin to the Lord and says, God, I accept you. Forgive me of my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. It's only you that can do it. So I pray that, God, you will clean me up and then help me to live a life that's pleasing to you.
Is there anybody in this place that's never said yes to God and says, Lord, it's time, it's time. I know you may be feeling embarrassed. You can, you can call me and speak to me privately. I have no problem with that. But you need to, you need to say yes to the Lord. If you've been having questions and wondering what's happening, you need to make sure you understand that God has been calling you. God has been calling you. As we conclude this service today, some of you need to spend time in prayer. Some of you need to set some, some things aside and need to commit to prayer. There are some things that only comes by fasting and prayer. <laughs> we need to always be evaluating. So Lord, today, this prayer is for those who need to recommit to prayer need to recommit themselves and their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we pray that in this place, that where prayer has been lacking in the lives of people that know you, that the people that we will take the time to say, Lord, I'm going to take that extra time. I'm, I'm going to set this time aside to go in my own private closet and spend time with the King of glory. And then, Lord, I'm going to have the right attitude when I go in and when I come out because I'm going to have your attitude and do it your way. So, Lord, we are praying today that you will help us to carry it out and to do it according to your own will. Help us today to trust you, to depend upon you, and to give you all the glory. Forgive us of our sins. Help us to live in holiness. Help us to live in your glorious will. May we remember and understand that we must have the vertical right first. We love you and give you the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.